Welcome to the Family Biz Show, where we dive deep into the fascinating world of family-owned businesses. I'm your host, Michael Columbus, and in each episode, we'll bring you inspiring stories, practical insights, and expert advice from successful family business owners and industry thought leaders. Hidden in this grandparent-grandchild philanthropy and in the process is actually young children learning to ask for something in a very safe environment. This is step-by-step, paint-by-numbers, Get your strategy mapped out system. Join us on this journey as we uncover the unique challenges and opportunities of running a family business. The best part about it is that the guys in the field didn't treat me as the owner's son. I was just another guy. But I think what's super unique about our story, we lost the business and we got it back. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's dive right into the next episode of The Family Biz Show. Well, welcome everybody to the Family Biz Show. I'm your host, Michael Columbus, and today we have Anthony DeSimone um, from I'm Your Expert Now. Tony, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. So as we always do with our guests, um, you know, your your website, you're the expert now, um, dot com, uh, is all about, you know, helping um, small and medium-sized businesses communicate in the language of finance um, more productively and more congruently. Um, my gut says that you didn't, you know, finish college and, you know, start doing this work. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what was your journey to get here? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I I graduated from accounting school at UB and uh, I was very fortunate to uh, start my career at one of the larger audit firms, Deloitte. Um, and while I was there, I quickly realized that I hated auditing, but I, I truly loved all of the small businesses that I was going into and uh, realized that I needed to to pivot out of Deloitte, out of auditing and work with small businesses. So I began the process of um, uh, first getting a job as a assistant controller and then moving up to controller and CFO and as time went on, uh, I uh, began getting jobs as essentially default owner. Uh, I was beginning to get hired by small business owners who were really struggling with their business. It was almost like too late type of situation where they finally felt that they had nothing to lose to pay for like a real CPA to come in and actually run the company. And uh, so I got really good at at just turnaround type situations. And it, it, it gave me the opportunity to learn and grow and create types of tools, you know, spreadsheets, things like that, that can help other businesses. So I continued to do that. And, and in the process, I had the opportunity to uh, teach as an adjunct professor at the University of Buffalo. Um, so I started with teaching uh, the um, Counting 102 or 202 to the individuals, the, the kids that were going into the school of management. And um, after about 10 years of that, I learned about a branch of UB called the Center for Entrepreneurial Leadership, which is essentially a mini MBA for small business owners. And I thought, man, those are my people. I got to get over there. And uh, I went over there, I volunteered. I, shared what my skill set was and it was a good fit for what they needed and I began 
teaching how to read your financial statements to business owners and, and uh, also facilitating mastermind classes and things like that. And it, it was a really good fit. And um, as time went on, and I had all these tools that I, you know, I built up while I was working for these companies and turnarounds and things like that, I started sharing them with uh, some of the people that I was volunteering at the Center for Entrepreneurial Leadership. And I realized that they all need these tools. You know, they need these cash forecast, cash flow forecast tools and and um, the uh, budget tools and all these P&L forecasts, everything. And uh, as time went on, they wanted to just hire me. So I started doing that on a, on the side as like a side gig. And then before you know it, it, it got to a point where I could take the leap. And so about eight years ago, I created my full-time consulting business and it's called you're the expert now and the whole the whole concept between behind you're the expert now or the name is to allow you as a business owner to understand your financial statements well enough to use that information to improve your profitability and cash flow and to make decisions that are far less risky yeah it's 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 a phenomenal phenomenal field to be in um, because most of the CEOs and founders and entrepreneurs that I know today and work with, you know, they know how to get stuff done. They know, they know how to build something. They know how to service something. They know how to build, you know, build something. They, they're, they know how to, they know the people side of things. They've done a really good job with those pieces. I can't express the amount of times when it comes to the finances, you sit there and look at and go, I'm, you know, they're, they're always trying to sell more to, to raise more cash. And sometimes that's not the right answer. Um, so I love what you're doing. Um, we may have to have a whole nother show talking about that because today um, we want to be talking about AI and family businesses and how family businesses can utilize AI to really take whatever you're doing, whatever field you're in to another level and, and introduce AI to it. Um, I, I can't remember what the quote was, but basically, um, if you're not using AI right now and just practicing, it's a huge giant mistake, um, from many, 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 many experts, because it will transition, it will transform all of our businesses. So I'm really excited to talk about, you know, that, how did you become, what got you into utilizing AI? You're the finance guy. Yeah. And and then you're like, wait a minute, you've got to know about AI. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, first, the the saying that uh, that that is said a lot in AI is that ChatGPT will not replace you, but the people who use it, competitors that will use it, will. And oh. that's a guarantee. It's it's truly not a fad. It is something that people need to take seriously. This is the internet times ten. You know, and yeah. and back Can you in the say day, that one more time. ChatGPT. ChatGPT will not replace you, but the people who use ChatGPT will. I, I think that is so powerful. And I that I won't forget that going forward. Thank you. Yeah, you're um, welcome. You're welcome. So I got into that. But everything that I do, my my mission is to help as many small businesses as possible to improve their profitability, their cash flow, their efficiency, so that they can improve the community. And uh, when I learned about ChatGPT and AI, 
uh, ChatGPT actually uh, became one year old. Its its birthday was November 30th. And um, a lot has happened in that one year. And I was very fortunate to be uh, aware of this coming out when it first came out at the end of 2022. So as I learned more about it, I realized, man, this is an efficiency gain like no other. And small business owners need to understand what it is, how to use it, because this is going to prove margins like, gosh, so like nobody's business. I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible if you know how to use it. And more importantly, and this is part of the reason why I'm telling everybody to get into it and to start using it on a regular basis, not as much for what it can do today, but where it's headed. In the past year, there have been so many improvements and all this other additional AI on top of that, that if you're not keeping up, you are really falling behind. And that is truly problematic for your business. And the reason it was so important for me to bring you on the show is because I think, you know, inside of the family businesses, sometimes we get a little myopic and we're around the people that we know, we're experts in our field or we're you know, masters of our trades and we're really good at these things. And we're not always involved in something like Center for Entrepreneurial Leadership or Vistage or EO. It does happen an awful lot of times, but a lot of times the family business becomes an island of itself. And they, they, I wanted people to be opened up to this conversation and hear it differently. So I really appreciate you coming on the, the show today. Yeah, my um, pleasure. So, you know, you, you, get it, you, you learn about it. Tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the, the background of, you know, chat GPT and AI and, you know, as, as a whole. And then, yeah. and, and then we'll, let's dig into maybe, you know, where do you want to go, wherever you want to go. But like, I'm thinking, what are some of the uses that people are doing that maybe they haven't even thought about today that they should be thinking about? And um, we'll, we'll lay some, we'll, we'll lay some groundwork for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think, I think. Firstly, it's it's incredibly important for everybody to try it out, to actually sign up and uh, try out ChatGPT. It's it's free. There's a free version, and uh, until you begin to use it, you won't understand the power of it. And one of the things that I encourage, I, I teach a, a ChatGPT and AI accelerator class just to get you up to speed to where we are today. Yeah. But one of the first things that I tell everybody to do is sign up and then use it like you use Google. Whenever you're on the computer, typically Google is, is you know, is one of those uh, screens that's that's open that you're, you know, going to whenever you need to search something. That's the first thing that everybody needs to do with ChatGPT is to keep it open and treat it like Google because it's really Google on steroids. And um uh, if you start there and you begin to create the habit, of, can I do this faster? Can I do this easier with ChatGPT? Can I do this more efficiently with ChatGPT? You will discover that it's going to do so much more for you than a Google search or anything else. I, so we I, always start there. Perfect. And and you know whether it's ChatGPT or Gronk or mm -hmm. the other, you know, one of the other platforms, they all do the same thing. I was using Gronk the other day and I asked it a question and it did research on Bing for me 
And yeah. so I didn't even realize that, you know, that it was, you know, some of these platforms are going out to the internet and doing the research for you faster than what you might've done yourself. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of uh, these LLMs. They're called large language models. That's what they're going to do is that the, the, the um, it really feels like you're, you're talking to a human and, and that's, and that's part of what, what is uh, occurring here is that it's been programmed to learn from all of the users and it only gets better and better. And yeah, there are competitors to chat GPT, uh, Elon Musk with Grok and uh, there's, there's Bing, Microsoft Bing. However, Microsoft owns half, almost half of uh, OpenAI, which is the creator of ChatGPT. So they're using ChatGPT as the basis for Bing. And then there's Google Art, um, all of which have free versions. So uh, there's no reason why people can't use it. And they certainly should. And I'm glad you're using it, Mike. Yeah. And, and and this all, you know, I remember one of the first iterations of this and not that we're giving a little too much history probably, but IBM had Watson that was out there for years. And, yeah. and, and it's like, if you look at the curve of what happened from Watson to open AI and what's happening today, it just, that acceleration curve is just ginormous. Yeah. The, uh, so that was way ahead of its time, you know, and, 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 and now uh, with uh, GPT, it is now truly learning from itself. In fact, there's a, there's a, a, a very famous story where the programmers, when they were building chat GPT, uh, they finished up for the night, everybody went home, they come back in the morning and somehow chat GPT taught itself how to translate over 20 different languages. And the programmers looked into it and none of them could figure out how it did that. So that's, that's exciting. It's scary. Right. Right. All the people that are worried about AI taking over, that's the, you know, thanks. I appreciate you planting that seed for us. Um, But at the same time, you know, we do have to be, cautious about what we're doing with that. And, and then, and again, I think it's also why it's critical that we learn it and become, you know, adaptive at utilizing AI on a regular basis. Um, here's a, one more question about history and chat GPT and whatnot, but what does the GPT stand for? Do you know? Yeah, the G stands for generative. So this is the part of the programming where it sounds like a human, like in the past, uh, whenever there was like, say, a new software built, there was these pre-trained answers to what were considered frequently asked questions. So you'd still get the same answer. With the generative programming, it will respond to you like a human. You you and I can ask the same question to ChatGPT and get the same answer, but it's going to be, res- the response will be different. And then if you don't like the response, you can ask it to respond again and it'll just keep doing it and doing it. And so the generative is that part. Now, the generative piece um, also fills gaps where there are gaps in information. So it's going to fill it with what it believes should be there, right? And this is where, uh, if you've ever heard of the term AI hallucination comes in, where uh, sometimes these these, uh, 
you know, LLMs like ChatGPT create fake information. There was, there was a famous uh, story about a lawyer who was using ChatGPT, certainly wasn't checking the work, but ChatGPT en ended up citing six court cases that did not exist. And the reason why is because the information wasn't there, but the generative part of it, so the generative part, it's almost like having a, a happy little puppy dog who wants to please you. So the generative part wanted to essentially please its lawyer with getting the information, but there wasn't any actual court cases. So what it did is it searched all these other court cases and took little bits and pieces from all these other court cases and created new ones. Wow. How about that? So that that's the G. Now the P is, is pre-trained. So basically this is all the information that was fed into ChatGPT, essentially the internet, you know, fed into the, so it has all of this, you know, learning already built in. And then uh, the T is transformer. So this is that piece where uh, it, it learns from itself. It learns from all of the users inputting all of this new information and continues to build on that. And that's the piece where when the programmers left and then they came back, it taught itself all the new languages and things like that. So that's where the GPT comes in. And then I guess to finish that off the chat, part of it is that when you're, when you're having a conversation, you feel like you really are having a chat with a human being. You, it feels like there's somebody on the other side of that computer. Yeah. And we have used it, um, you know, just more for play more than anything else. We're not allowed to use it internally for, you know, being a registered representative. So a lot of the work that we do with it or the work that I've done with it is just play. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot that I've learned. I'm like, I've watched it crunch data for me. I've watched it, you know, create the letters and stories. And, you know, we were playing with my nephews on, um, on vacation and we said, all right, Tell me, you know, what do you, what story do you want this? You want ChatGPT to, to create? And they started making things up and we plugged it all into ChatGPT and said, now, now write a, you know, write a, a, an outline for a book about this. And it created the outline. And then it's like, take that outline and turn that into a movie script. And then it did that. And then, you know, and then you started building on the chapters inside of there. We're like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? It's it's a, that's a great use case. And, um, it's just, it's so eye opening uh, the potential that you see when you do stuff like that. You're like, this is, this is incredible. And it, ha and within seconds, it, it gives you that information. It yeah. doesn't, you know, there's no thought it just, boom, it's, it's there in right in front of your eyes. It's, it's amazing. And then, uh, we haven't even really touched on, this is the paid version, but the images that it can create text to image is photo quality. I mean, it is fascinating. Yeah. The type of and, stuff and now they've out. added the spreadsheet pieces. So if you take an Excel spreadsheet and you've got tons of data and load it in there, it'll start to help analyze that data for you yeah. in ways that you might not have even thought of. Yeah. ChatGPT and those type of LLMs are very good at consuming an incredible amount of data and then summarizing that information and finding, you know, the trends and whatever you need. I mean, it's really impressive. Right. Well, let's dive into, you know, I'm a family business. I've, I have, you know, 
somewhere between five and 500 employees. We're running all day long. We've got a lot of things going for us. I don't have time for chat GPT. Why should I even be digging into this? What are some of the what are some of the use cases that you're teaching people, you know, in the in the business world? And, you know, I, again, our businesses are family business, but it ain't going to make a difference if your family business or not when you're utilizing chat GPT here. But what would you be telling them? Well, first and foremost, um, after you have it open and you're getting into the habit of saying, how can I do this easier, faster, better with chat GPT? The first thing that I always do is I am editing every piece of you know information. I'm editing all my email. And then of course you got to understand the, I understand the confidentiality of things. I'm working with a lot of law firms, uh, but every email, every post, I even check my text because, you know, you can get a phone app uh, for ChatGPT and uh, some of these other ones as well. But everything that goes out gets edited by ChatGPT. And I'm telling you, Mike, I, sm I sound a lot smarter uh, because of that. And, and um, you know, it, it makes more sense what I'm sending out. It, it's uh, better communication. But that first and foremost should be the first thing that everybody does uh, right out of the gate. And that doesn't take much. No. And uh, I will take what you, so basically what you're saying is anything that you're going to be written or communicating, utilize ChatGPT to put the idea in there or to check what you've written and say, make this better and, or make it more concise or yeah. make it shorter, I, but have yes. the same message and it will do all of that for you. Yeah. So the way I typically do it is um, I, I basically say, please edit this or or something like that. And then I just paste my email into it Got and it. Then copy paste it back to my email. Now, what I've what I began to do after that is that I would um, instead of answering on my email, on my email account or whatever, I would go to ChatGPT and answer the email on ChatGPT. So I save a step and and just have it edit right there and then copy it over to my email account. Now I've taken that one step further. Um, in the past year, there've been a lot of features added uh, and we can get back to use cases in a second, but uh, I don't want to lose this thought is that we there have been a lot of features added uh, uh, in ChatGPT, one of which is called MyGPTs, where you can create essentially chatbots. You can create these uh, these GPTs that specialize in just one area. So I created one that's called Grammar Guru, and 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 basically that MyGPT Grammar Guru will automatically know that I want it edited for grammar, right? So now I don't even have to ask it to please edit or whatever. I just drop in whatever it is that I wrote. It cleans it up. And now I just paste it to where I need to bring it. I love it. I love it. Um, I'll, I'll share with you one that I used. I can't stand writing the note inside of the birthday card, the Christmas card, the, the, hot, the, uh, the wedding card. It's just hard. It's like when I stare at a blank sheet of paper, I'm like, ah, oh. but like I, I had a couple of good ideas. So I will tell this summer and, and my, my employee knows that I did this after the fact I shared it with her and she just laughed and thought it was great. She's getting married. I, I know her and her husband. I know her very well, but you know, I know that she's a Harry Potter fan 
and he loved escape rooms. And I asked ChatGPT to write a really nice inside of a, you know, a wedding card for them based on who was getting married. And it created this beautiful thing. Now it was 14 paragraphs long. I said, make it one paragraph. It did it. And it was amazing. Now yeah. the kicker was when she got it, she goes, oh, I meant to say something that was so sweet and so nice. And then I, you know, share, I did share with her that I utilized chat GPT. She said, yes, but you utilized your thoughts about us to make something really meaningful and beautiful come out. And we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, a that's perfect. That's and great, Mike. I, that's a great way to use it. And, um, and that's really how people should be using it is, is combining you don't want it to turn into a robotic response, right? You don't you don't want it to be 100% chat GPT. You want it to be a combination of you and chat GPT. And that's essentially what, what this is. It's a very powerful tool and you should use it like any other tool. And if you use it right, it's just going to make you better. It's going to make your company better. And um, there's just so many opportunities to do that. You know, and 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 to to just kind of go back to the confidentiality, mm. you know, businesses like yours, uh, law firms, very concerned about the confidentiality of things because that's the other thing that I want to make sure is clear is that um, even though the fine print when you sign up for ChatGPT or any of these other competitors, it says that it doesn't share with your your information that you're putting in there with third parties. Then it follows that up with. But we use the information to learn from it. And, and so when, when you hear that, you just have to assume. Don't put anything confidential out there. Right. I mean, it's as simple as that. Right. So uh, there are law firms that truly don't want to do that. Now, there are a lot of uh, software. I'm, I'm actually looking into three different uh, law, legal-based uh, software that are now infusing AI into it which is going to solve some of those confidentiality problems. Uh, but uh, what, what you need to do is to just, just avoid that, then learn to use it for other things. So uh, what I am encouraging these law firms to do is to create beta group, uh, a group of people within the company that are using it for safe use cases where they get together and they determine what can what non-confidential ways can we use this you right. know marketing and sales uh yeah, things that you're posting on social media uh you know really simple uh email uh second grammar things like that um reviewing data i mean not all the data that you get that needs to be summarized is confidential i mean there are many use cases and until you get a group of people together to work on it and then to meet weekly and talk about it you really don't know how how many uh, possibilities there are agreed agreed um what else so let's you know I'm, I'm a i like that idea of having a working group that you you stress you know you push them to say find what we can do with this in the areas you know that work for us but what are some of the other Simple things. Yeah. Use cases that you've, you've seen people utilize or you've utilized. Yeah. Well, there's no reason now. There's no excuse for, 
for uh, not having things on social media. I mean, you could, you know, this is the ideation tool. You give me, give me 10, give me 10 new topics to talk about regarding family wealth legacy. You know, I mean, it's going to give you 10 and then, you know what? I like number seven, write a post that I'm going to put on LinkedIn for number seven that you listed of those top 10, you know, write the post. You know what? That's too long. Take that from the 300 words there. And I want it in a hundred words and it'll do it. And this will all happen in about five minutes or less. You know, I mean, that's the power of what you have at your fingertips. So there's no excuse. And then if you have the paid version, give me an image that matches this post and it'll give you an image to go along with it. And next thing you know, you have a great image, you have a great post, and now you have this unlimited content. And, and now you have a voice because one of the other things I learned in small business, working with a lot of small businesses, is that if you're not on social media, you don't exist. There is no yellow pages. Right. And, and that's the other thing that gets missed by a lot of these small businesses is that they kind of ignore social media, which is such a great opportunity for branding and, and sales. Uh, and that's, and to your point, I've seen a, a bunch of our clients over the last probably two years really start to step that up. They were, they were non-existent with social media or an internet presence besides a website. Um, they're now investing in social media managers and marketing managers, even in, you know, whether they're the construction industry or they're in, you know, real estate development so that they're, they're, they're like you said, they're creating their voice online so that when somebody goes to search for them, there's more than just the website that gives them an awful lot with that people can learn to learn from to say, oh, I, I like how they talk about this stuff. I like what they're saying, you know, and that voice means something. Yeah. Yeah. And you could you could you could uh, use ChatGPT by saying something like this. Act like a seasoned social media expert. And give me ideas on uh, what I should create for the following uh, social media sites, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, X. And, and then tell me, after that, then tell me when are the best times that I should send out posts and how many per week. You know, you could do all of that. Help me create a calendar, a social media calendar for the whole month of January, you know, and give me ideas and topics. It'll do all of that. The thing is, is that one, one of the things, Mike, that that uh, people need to understand is that uh, when I go and speak to groups on, on this, and I, I, I've been speaking to, I, I spoke to uh, a group of chiropractors a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to be speaking to real estate agents in a couple of weeks. I spoke to lawyers. Um, one of the things that I make sure they understand is that I'm not going to be able to tell you all of the custom ways that it's going to work best for you. You're going to figure that out. And the only way you're going to figure that out is, first of all, start using it. And secondly, get into that habit of asking, how can I do this faster, easier, better? Because you can just keep trying new things over and over and over again. There's no cost to that. It right. happens so quickly. It's easy to do. And 
that is how you get better and better at it. Um, because, you know, we are, you're going to see that this, this technology is going to disrupt every industry. And if your industry is computer-based, then you are, you are more uh, in line for disruption than let's say something that's hands-on, you know, like a plumber. Um, so if you're computer-based, it will be replaced. Yeah, agreed. Um, you just hit on something that I want to make sure that people didn't don't miss. And you said set up the parameters, basically, of what you want GPT to act like. So, you know, when you're putting it into an email or a blog post to edit, you say, edit this. I want you to act like a world-class editor and edit this blog post. I want you to perform like a world-class social media expert and I want you, I have even said, I want you to act like a social media expert like these three people. And then said, take now, generate, you know, X, Y, Z, or D. Um, and that yeah. I found even, you know, by by doing that, it goes out and finds and starts to think like those people for you. It's yeah. like, so it becomes a, I, my favorite term with my kids and with the people that I talk to about AI is it's a thinking partner. And it just happens to be your your least expensive and probably most productive thinking partner. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I want you to think like a wealth advisor, uh, and and I and I want uh, I want it to be in the voice of Warren Buffett, along with quotes from Warren Buffett. You will get all of that. I mean, it, it will start to give you responses the way that it believes that Warren Buffett, based on all of the information that's out there on Warren Buffett. Yeah. Uh, you could you could have a lot of fun with it. I mean, there's there's a feature in ChatGPT called custom instructions. Okay. One of the things that you learn about ChatGPT is that um, from one use to another, once you're done with the thread of uses, like if you were to go home and do it, open it up again, it won't remember that previous thread and it won't remember you. But now it has what's called custom instructions where you can write your, basically your bio into your, your version of ChatGPT. So it remembers you, calls you by name, things like that. And, um, and then it, it will respond more like you because you can instruct it to respond like you, like you can give it, uh, a bunch of samples of your writing from the past blogs you wrote or whatever, and say, I want you to, when you're editing my stuff, when you're responding on my behalf, I want you to write it similar to this. And, and you won't know if it's ChatGPT or if it's coming from you because that, you get good at this after a while. I know when it's ChatGPT, I know when it's an image from ChatGPT, uh, but custom instructions certainly makes that a lot harder. Now, once one more thing is you can have fun with that because you can instruct it to respond like a fictional character. Uh, you can instruct it to respond like a historical character. Um, and I was sharing with my class once how I instructed it to respond like my caring and loving grandmother. So now whenever I would ask it a question, it would give me emojis. It would tell me how lovely it was that I was asking that question and wondering how I was doing. I mean, it would do all of that. 
That's amazing. So really, at the end of the day, you don't have to learn chat GPT because it's fine. It does what it needs to do. What you're learning is how to preface the questions and how to preface what you want out of it. That's the that's really becomes the the hard part of working with ChatGPT, or that's the exercise for somebody that's new to ChatGPT. It's all about how do I speak to this thing that I never spoke to before, this inanimate object, to get yeah. you know what I'm looking for out of it. Yes, it, and the term that you're going to hear a lot is prompt. How okay. do you prompt ChatGPT? So um, asking it the way you ask it matters because it it, it essentially weighs every word that you put in there and determines which word matters more than others. Uh, so prompting matters, but it, you don't, don't overthink that. So like I was with a client and he wanted to create a mission statement for his company. Right. And I'm like, well, let's just put it on ChatGPT and and let's get this thing done. So I, it was on the screen. I put it in ChatGPT. Uh, we used uh, some information from the website where I took a summary of things that said about the company on the website. And I said, create a mission statement based on this, right? So we just copy pasted, asked ChatGPT, create a mission statement. So it created something. It wasn't that great that first uh, that first uh, draft. And, um, and instead of just, you know, like, you don't have to necessarily know the prompts. All I said to ChatGPT was, I don't like it. And then it wrote something else make it a little bit better. And it just, you know, and then, uh, you know, we, we asked it, we don't like this one sentence, change that. And eventually it got there without really doing anything, but just having a human conversation as if you were talking to another human who was a specialist in that area. And doesn't have an emotional response to uh -huh. the fact that you're being critical of the work that it just did. Right. Exactly. That's the best part. Is that's you amazing. You don't have to worry. Uh, but it. yeah, I think I think the key here is to use it. Now, here here's the thing. A, a lot of things. A lot of times, I've seen this where uh, people who have specialties, like say, I've I've seen this with some lawyers, where they've used it. You know, they sign up, they use it, they try it out, and they go right into their specialty. And what they discover is that it is not as specialized in their area of law as they are. So then all of a sudden they determine, you know, chat GPT is not that great, right? Yeah. And what I encourage everybody to do is that that's probably true right now. You're the specialist in wealth management on whoever you're the specialist in whatever you are more than likely if you ask chat GPT to act like a, uh, you know, a, 30 year veteran in your field, it's not going to be as good as you. However, if you saw the transition of growth from ChatGPT over 12 months, let's have this conversation again in 12 months because eventually what's going to happen is ChatGPT is going to be better in a lot of things. And that's why you don't want to dismiss it. You need to get on board. And you need to understand how these generative large language models think and work, because that is the only way you're going to be, you know, riding that wave as it gets to the point where it is going to be better. Right. This is, this is the year of AI assistance. 
we're going to have, we're going to be able to create AI versions of everything. And it's already the, the, my GPTs that I mentioned, Mike, they're already, they're basically AI assistants. As the year goes on, they're going to get better and better and better. And, um, you know, we, we need to get on board. Everybody needs to understand how to use them because eventually you'll be able to replace employees with AI assistance. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, and even if you don't, I want to take that because I think that's a really good segue. You may not replace them. But even if you just make them 10 times or five right. times or two times more productive in what they're doing, this doesn't necessarily have to get rid of jobs, no. but it, it it can really make you a lot more productive. And if that same employee, you know, if the profit to employee ratio at your business is X and you can make it X times 10, isn't that better? 100%. And I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because th that's the thing is that if you as an owner are, are not interested then your employees will obviously not be interested. And if they're not interested, they're not becoming more efficient. And you certainly can get that efficiency out of everybody if everybody started using it wisely. Right. So I want to share, you know, ChatGPT, I know is your expertise and, and whatnot, but I know that you know about some of the other AIs out there. I want to share some of the things that I've utilized and that we see coming and what I'm hoping for. Um, five years ago, I wanted to get into AI around legal documents, uh, wills and trusts, um, because to be honest with you, of all the things that I do, um, dissecting and debriefing a will and a trust for my clients is the one thing that just puts me to sleep. Um, I love them and I know I can have a lot of impact and as a wealth advisor, I'm not an, I'm not an attorney, so I never draft documents, but I can read them and tell people in plain English what they're looking at. And so I always said, I just want to download document after document and, and teach it what's good about this document. What's what, what is it missing? And so that when I, you know, can, you know, send in another document, I can just have it look at it. I don't think that's there yet, but I bet you within a very short period of time, it's coming faster than I know about. And I haven't done any research, so I should check it. But the one that's there now is, you know, I I always wanted to debrief a tax return. What am I look, looking for? What am I missing in this tax return? Is there anything that comes to light? And now we have AI tax return checkers that are available at our fingertips. And you can just take the PDF, you make it, you know, um, character recognition, you know, OC, you OCR the, the document, set it up there. And then, it, you know, it starts looking for patterns over years to say, why are you not doing this? Or what are you missing about that? And as a wealth advisor trying to impact, you know, I can't control the direction of the, of the stock market, but if I can help them control their taxes a little bit better and, and work as a partner with the CPA and the attorney, that's, Every, that's in, in everybody's best interest. Right. 100%. What, what are some of the other tools, you know, or things that you've utilized in AI? And I like what you're saying about ChatGPT. I did not, I've learned some things in this conversation that those little helpers and, and whatnot, I think are going to be fantastic. But what are outside of ChatGPT, what are some other ways that you, you know, have seen people utilizing AI or softwares that you talk to people yeah. about? Yeah. Well, first of all, just to touch on what you were saying, one of the things that I'm seeing with every software that's out there, they are bringing in AI 
they are incorporating AI into their software. So no matter what you use, you could almost guarantee that there's going to be AI, uh, you know, a, a chat GPT style AI in that software because they realize if they don't, their lunch is going to be eaten so fast. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. So we're already seeing that. So just assume that I don't care, you know, whatever the specialty is of the industry, you're going to see AI infused in the software that you're using. So, you know, first and foremost, that secondly, pretty much any mundane task, like you were saying about the wills, perfect use cases for chat GPT to help at least build it. One of the other things that I like to make sure is clear with everybody is that no matter what you put on there, it's 50 to 99% done. It still needs to be checked by you before you put it out in the world. You know, don't get into that mistake that that lawyer did where, you know, he got into a lot of trouble after, you know, signing off on these cases that didn't exist. Um, so you always want to check everything. Now, as, as far as some of the AI that I use or some of the kind of cool stuff that's out there, one of them is is that I, I find is very useful is a transcriber AI called Fireflies, where it actually, it just, it transcribes meetings. It, it, it just sits there. You can have it link that we could have had it linked to the Zoom meeting uh, and it would have transcribed everything and summarized this all for us. It uh, also does some really cool metrics where anytime there was a question, it would separate the questions and and separate the sound bites for each one of those questions. It would give us a sediment on on how the 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 uh, meeting was going when it was uh, like when when the attitude was friendly, when the attitude was conflicting, and when it was neutral. And then. And uh, it, it, it allows you to much more easily uh, use that with your team to share, you know, key topics or key points or to use it for social media. It's a really useful tool and that continues to get better and better. Um, one of the other ones that I just recently used and in, in, in did a, a video on uh, was for headshots, um, you know, how expensive they can be when you're going first of all spending your time to go there and then to pay somewhere in the 125 to 200 dollars for a professional headshot uh, for 29 dollars they use ai to uh, all i had to do was give them eight selfies uh, up to eight selfies six to eight selfies different angles things like that and it takes that and within an hour gives you about 150 pictures, professional pictures with, it, it It puts on different clothes for you, different backgrounds. One, I had a dog with me. I, I mean, it gave you all of these great shots. Mike, I never looked better. And, um, you know, I, I use those pictures for everything. <laughs> wow. That's pretty powerful. And, you know, and it, like you said, what if you don't start using it now, six months from now, it's going to be different. And so you've oh. got to, it's not, and it's never going to change. It's not going to stop learning. No, I, I can't, you know, it's, it's hard to keep up. It really is. Is I'm, I'm spending hours per week uh, just researching the latest stuff. And even my class, I, I've had the, uh, I've had a, a chat GPT accelerator class four times now, have it every other month basically 
And uh, the, the, the one that I'm going to be doing compared to the first one is like 80% different. Wow. Because, you know, it's just constantly updating with latest features. Like another feature that I didn't bring up with ChatGPT is that you can get now the um, app on your phone and it has voice to voice. So you don't even have to text it. You're having a conversation. You're, you're literally talking to C3PO. I mean, that's how it feels. Like I, I took a trip to Fredonia, right? And I wanted to think through a strategic plan for a company that I was working with. And I turned on ChatGPT and we had a conversation about that strategic plan for 25 minutes. And then when it's done, it's transcribing all of that. So I could just copy paste everything that we discussed. That's it's awesome. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You... Um, I want to hit on your accelerator real quick. If you were to go out to your, you are, you, you, Y O U R E, the expert. Actually, if you don't, you know, oh. one of the things I learned that's yeah. a long, that's a long, it's a bad, bad social media name. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll I changed it. I, I've no, 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 don't cut it out. I, I think people need to learn. I've, I've learned from uh, many of the clients that I worked with, um, but it's now yen LLC, Y E N LLC.com. And if you just go to services, even if you're not, you know, in the Buffalo area where Tony is and, and doing his live events, there's an online class that you can take for this. And I think it's really important that, you know, people know that it's out there. And if you are, you know, in the Buffalo area, you need to meet Tony if you haven't met him already. He's a fabulous guy. Um, you. I, I've, you know, see, we've met through uh, Cell, and I, you know, just know that you've got bring all of the right stuff to what you're doing. From just the conversation we had today, you ought to know that uh, Tony's the guy when you're trying to learn ChatGPT for sure. Um, yeah, um, I wanted to share. Um, Oh, I had it in my head three minutes ago. Come on. And then I lost. That's what you said. To, don't forget. I, I want to bring this up right now. Um, and I've lost it. I don't remember what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's what happens when you get over the age of 50. Um, sometimes you, you, you lose them. Um, and I don't, re I don't remember. What else? What, what are we missing? If you're, you know, you, when you're closing out your classes, you know, what are the, what are you leaving them with? Um, you know what? I end basically the way I start. Get started. Treat it like you're treating Google. Have it open on your, your computer screen all the time. Get in the habit of asking, can I do this easier, faster, better with ChatGPT and use it every day. And then you're going to get better. Cause like I said, uh, ChatGPT is not going to replace you, but the people who use it will, the companies that use it will. And this is an arbitrage moment. This truly is. This is this is like the internet when it first came out and nobody could get their arms around what that even meant. You know, they're talking about, you know, electronic mail. And that was pretty much how everybody described the internet. They had no clue. This is the internet times 10, Mike. This is an opportunity. And, and so... I leave with this. Just imagine the industry that you're in. Typically, a lot of the industry, small businesses, they're old school industries. They're not changing all that much. So just imagine if you jump on board, you become one of the trailblazers 
of ChatGPT and you lead your industry in that knowledge, if you can combine your specialty in that industry with the knowledge of ChatGPT, the advantage you have in your industry, the market share opportunities, the arbitrage moment, that's the way I want people to think about it. Yeah. I want to I want them to hear that and I want that to sink in because that's super, super important. Your niche, your industry plus ChatGPT is a formula for success going forward. And, and I want to remind people, you hit on this. I want to remind them when Web 1.0 came out, you know, the internet first opened and you got AOL and you know, email. And people are like, I don't need that. I, I fax everything. I don't have to do all of that stuff. I don't need to utilize. I've got this whole pile of encyclopedias over here. I can find everything in my in my fingertips. And that changed for every single person on the planet. Then Web 2.0 came out and social media and Twitter and Facebook and Google and all of the Amazon yeah, you know, came out and they're doing things. And we're like, I don't need that. It's okay. I'm fine. And there are people, no names mentioned, but you know who you are in my family, that um, that that are left behind. Then they yeah. can't they can't do those things. And now they're not communicating with people in the family. They're not seeing things. We all use some type of social media, some way, shape, or form. This is Web 3.0 times 10. And don't miss this opportunity. We, you know, in the past, when the industrial revolution came here, it was easy for a lot of people to miss. It was easy for Web 1.0 to be missed by a lot of people. But now we've all been through 1.0, 2.0. Now we're into Web 3.0. Do not be left behind on this one. Right on. Right on. So, Tony D. Simone. Le, uh, yen llc.com and you can yeah. find him um anthony de simone um at on, on linkedin all over the place center for entrepreneurial leadership at the university of buffalo loved having you on the show this was a great conversation and i know it's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to ai so we're probably gonna have to reach out in a year and we'll do yeah. We will do the Anthony and Michael show 2.0 and we'll talk about what's changed in that time. That'd be great. That'd be great. And if you want me to ever put on my CFO hat, we could talk we did uh, that conversation numbers too. one day too. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, this is uh, the Family Biz Show. I'm Michael Columbus from Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, New York. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. And we look forward to helping you learn something new on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Family Biz Show. We hope you've gained valuable insights and practical tips for running a successful family business. Remember, managing a family business can be both rewarding and challenging, but with dedication, communication, and a clear vision, you can create a thriving enterprise that supports your family and community for generations to come. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. Don't forget to follow Family Wealth and Legacy on LinkedIn and Facebook for more resources and updates on upcoming episodes. And most importantly, keep the conversation going within your own family business. Remember, you're not alone in this journey and we're here to support you every step of the way. Thank you again for tuning in to the Family Biz Show and we'll see you next time.
content presented is for informational and educational purposes. The information covered and posted are views and opinions of the guests and not necessarily those of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Michael Columbus is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Financial Affiliates and other fine companies. Family Wealth and Legacy LLC is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.